Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 252 of the Spoiler Alert podcast, brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. This is Mike. I'm here with Danny. And tonight we're going to be discussing the new superhero movie directed by David F. Sandberg, Shazam. Danny, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well, Mike. Uh, I'm excited. This is a palindrome episode, the old 252. It's it's the same number forward and back. I'm really excited. It's a milestone. Did you get the balloons? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. All right. I did. I like the way you pronounce the the name of the film. That's how you pronounce it, right? Shazam like chasm? Shazam. Right. Let's let's be the two guys who call Shazam Shazam. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, we'll be those guys. I'm on board for that. Hey, as a follow-up to our last episode, quickly from Dumbo, we talked about the bad guy played by Michael Keaton yeah. is the guy who sells Dumbo merchandise. Right. Well, since we recorded that episode, I went to I went on a Disney cruise, and I, <laughs> at one point, was in a Disney store. And I got to tell you, tons of Dumbo toys, including... <laughs> clearly themed from the movie like the same dumbo animal that you can get in the movie you can get at the disney store and then on the cruise they played dumbo like twice a day in the movie theater and i just thought i just think this is such a thumb in the eye to disney yeah the tim tim burton fashioned like a screw you and made them the villain but like they don't get it it's very strange (laughs) but are you at all surprised that that's what you saw like i mean i told you at disneyland on opening day People were just rushing over to Dumbo to get their picture taken, framed under the archway sign oh, where you so get weird. in line with the stuff. I mean, yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally crazy. agree. This is a DC title, so while we are feel like we're constantly being bombarded with superhero movies, this is from the DC Universe. The last DC film was Aquaman, which was released in 2018. Did you ever see that one? No, never saw it. That's good. It was horrible. <laughs> It was. I own it on Blu-ray. Terrible. I just haven't popped it in yet. Oh my gosh! It is, you know, it is so bad. And and the DC movies, because there was such high expectations that they try and catch up with Marvel and create their own shared universe and tie all these stories together, which they tried to do right in Batman, Superman, and uh, Justice League. They've just sucked. They've sucked so hard that I feel like the expectations for them just keep getting lower and lower and lower. So yeah. after after Suicide Squad, which was also god-awful, um, I feel like if they had just produced anything better than like a pile of excrement on film, they were <laughs> going to get like a pass. And Aquaman is like a great proof point there because it's – it's still it's fresh. It's like sixty five percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Made a billion dollars. Okay. Big deal. Huge movie, and it is almost unwatchable. Wow! Wow! And now Shaz- Shazam comes along, and again, I think a lot of people are just so glad that it's not horrible. Yeah. But this one's got a ninety one percent fresh rating, and I think like eighty eight percent audience score or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. People this- are people are loving this one. Do you think that the reason people are loving it is that it stars Demon Hunsu? Yeah, right. Was was he in Blood Diamond? Was that his uh, big two time Academy Award yeah. nominee yeah. for for Blood Diamond and In America? Okay. You may remember him from a, a film we saw a few weeks ago. He was also in Marvel's film Captain Marvel. Oh, so yeah. in 2019, Demon Hunsu was in Marvel's Captain Marvel and in DC's Shazam, which, which are the of same course, character. The character 
was originally named Captain right, Marvel. Right, so yeah, right. he's kind of got his little own, you know, he's, corner of the universe really carved out here. It's, it's quite a crossover. That's yeah. uh, that's going to be a trivia question one day, I'm sure. I'm sure it already has been, but but perhaps that's where all this love is coming from. What do you think? I think audience love is probably coming from the fact that it's coming along in the dead zone and it's not horrible. And I would say we haven't gotten into it yet, but it, I mean, maybe it's a slightly fresh approach to a superhero movie the critical acclaim has me a little bit baffled i, I don't want to show my hand just yet but i'm i'm scratching my head like well let's really? just be clear after 251 prior episodes i think the i think our listeners know where you're gonna fall on just about every superhero movie. I, f- I feel like i've surprised on occasion right I, you I, liked I, thor ragnarok i like thor one, ragnarok yeah. i liked uh uh Doctor Strange and I oh, like yeah, the Last yeah. Avengers, so I'm not okay. I'm not uh, I'm not a hater. You're not a total hater. Yeah. All right, let's, let let me give you a quick plot recap for for Shazam, which by the way is actually pronounced Shazam, Shazam but we'll just call it Shazam. Yes. All right, Shazam uh, <laughs> tells the story of foster child Billy Batson, uh, who grew up in the Philadelphia area and who's spending the, the early portion of the film looking for his birth mother from whom he was separated as a young boy. Uh, he gets into some trouble with the law, and of course he's, he's run away a number of times looking for his mother, so he's placed with a new foster family who run a house just chock full of foster kids, including one his own age named Freddy. Freddy is uh, a superhero geek, um, and after defending Freddy from some bullies... Billy is chosen by an ancient wizard to take on the mantle and power of Shazam. Billy and Freddy have loads of fun trying to figure out these powers until they realize that the wizard also tried to give his powers to others before Billy, including Thaddeus Sivana, uh, who's played here by Mark Strong, who was rebuffed by the wizard. Savannah spent his life trying to get back to the wizard and earn the powers, but instead of earning the powers of the hero, settles for letting loose the seven deadly sins and prompts a real life and death fight for our hero Billy and his foster family. Yeah. And that's Shazam. Yeah, that's it. Um, you tell me so you've first. Already, what, what, you've already, yeah. I, I haven't given away too much, but what did you think of it? Um, I think I'm probably on the same page with you in that I thought it was fine. I thought it, it had it, it definitely has its charms. Zachary Levi, uh, who plays the adult version of Billy when he becomes Shazam, is really fun and engaging, yeah. and he's he's it's hard to not like him. And uh, I thought there were a number of things that were fairly fresh or interesting, and um, you know, for for it being sort of a you know, it's sort of a riff on the movie Big with Tom Hanks, but in superhero form. I think there's a lot to like, but ultimately the film does fall into the quasi-disposable category with a really forgettable villain and a really cheesy plot and a lot of obvious story beats. How about for you? Yeah, I think that you summarized my thoughts on it exactly. I, I don't even know if I'd say that it was even fine. I think I, I, would, I would rate it a step below fine. I think that there were some fun moments sprinkled throughout. I think that the opening act was really long. I think that it was a, a very bloated backstory to the, the villain and the hero's 
uh, birth, essentially. And I find, and as too many superhero movies have, a really long final act that felt very bloated. And so this movie was running at like two minutes, two hours and 20 minutes or something like that. Yeah. And I think that there were about 40 minutes that could have been trimmed into about 15. You know, we, we always get the, the kind of origin of either the hero or the villain or both, but they kind of condense it into six, seven minutes. And this one went on and on and on. And so I think it was it was bloated, and then it got a little fun with Zachary Levi in the middle, but I, I considered those moments sparse. Well, it did go on a little bit. And I actually, I, I would argue this entire film is really the, you know, is the origin story. Rarely do we see... It, you mean, like even you think of like a Spider-Man movie. Once once Spider-Man has become his his get, earns his powers and becomes Spider-Man, you get like a five minute montage, right, of him running across the buildings and shooting his web and kind of figuring it all out. Right. And ta-da! Now he's a superhero. Well, Shazam! It's like that's like the whole movie is like forty minutes in the middle where where Billy and Freddie are just sort of messing around, making YouTube videos and trying to figure out what are all the things he can do. And so it's just like you take that normal one song montage and you make it 40 minutes and then they have to sprinkle in more time with the bad guy and, you know, it just it just it felt protracted in kind of all the wrong ways. And I found Billy Batson himself really unlikable. Like, it's like the child exactly, Billy Batson? The child okay. Billy. The, yeah, not, the, the actor was okay, but I just feel like his character was kind of a greedy, selfish, self-centered, only looking out for number one kind of foster kid, where Zachary Levi was full of joy and ebullient and hopeful and excited about his powers. So I kind of never wanted to see Billy Batson. I only you can't wanted believe to they're see the same per- person yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you alluded to... Um, the movie Big, like it's sort of an homage to Big. In fact, there's even a kind of a groaner scene where he's dancing on a piano in a. He doesn't a dance story. on it. He runs across well, it. Whatever, yeah, it was a very whatever. clear nod. Really, like, and I mean, obvious th- there's the there's just no way on earth that this comes close to touching the the heartwarming story of Big. I, I mean, this is. Let me just. Let me just pause you there and say, when's the last time you saw Big? Oh, boy. I mean, it's probably been 10 years. I think you might want to revisit that and ask yourself how heartwarming it is when the 12-year-old boy is having sex with the 30-plus-year-old woman in the adult body and just how screwed up this whole thing is. Okay, all right. I, just, yeah, I, like, I, I don't even really remember that like, scene, quite honestly. <laughs> yeah, well, he like falls in love with her, and then at the yeah. end, she, she sees him become a little boy again, and she kind of goes up and like, gives him a kiss, and it's like, oh, boy. Like, oh, dear, all right. Like, <laughs> like it is, like, saccharine, and Tom Hanks is phenomenal, but when you, it's a tough one to sit through again. It, because, it's, like, as an adult, you recognize, like, ooh, this that's, that's not right. That's not okay. Yeah, yeah. this isn't okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. And in fact, I, I was sort of surprised in this movie. I mean, this movie sort of straddles that, like, PG 13 line. And, you know, there's a couple sequences, like, Billy goes and buys beer. And then Billy goes and tries to, he goes into a strip club. Right. And, and Freddie even asks him, Did you see any nipples? I was seeing this with my 11 year old daughter. Yeah, and I was that's, like, that's a little rough. Yeah. This is not. But when you rewatch Big, I mean, those are sort of the themes and things that that happened in that movie, which took sure. place in New York in the '80s. So it's 
I feel like we all remember it being this really sweet and funny and like eh, it's actually maybe it wasn't cool. it was a little right more PG than we thought. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think we've talked about this in the past. I've not seen Deadpool. I've not seen the sequel to Deadpool. However, I had to think based on trailers and clips I've seen of both of those movies that Zachary Levi comes off as kind of a a little more saccharine Ryan Reynolds in a lot of these scenes. Did you feel that way at all? Like, it, it's a superhero movie that I never saw, but I kind of, I equated it into this is a, a sort of different superhero that is, he's not quite fitting into his own skin. He doesn't quite get it. He's a little more crass. Did you take any of that away at all? No, I didn't take away sort of the, I don't think, I don't think it's a different Deadpool. I think it's a very different superhero in that he is a child. In fact, in this movie, the villain, uh, Savannah, actually asks him, like, how old are you? And he tells him, I'm 15. Yeah. And, like, so, again, it, it, it's – this is a 15-year-old child who's trying to beat guys up and stop evil monsters from murdering people and save people. And um, so I, I do think it's very different. But I don't, I don't think that Levi – Deadpool is just, like, joke, 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 breaking okay. the fourth wall constantly, very – um, R-rated, hard R, both from violence and, and language and sexual content. So I would not say that Zachary Levi plays Shazam as just like a, a PG Deadpool because he's not really he's not really making jokes to make us laugh and he's not breaking the fourth wall. He's just a dumb kid. Okay. But I feel like Zachary Levi is just an excitable guy. Like he's got that energy of like a puppy that you just – you kind of want to let him loose in a room and just see what he does. And I think he does that really well. Okay. All right. Now, one thing this movie had going against it right away is the casting of Mark Strong as the bad guy. And Mark Strong, who I actually like as an actor, I mean, he's played so many bad guys over the years, but most notably um, and most maybe uh, similar to this, he was the bad guy in the Sherlock Holmes reboot with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. Yeah, that's right. And he was a bad guy in the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern film from DC a couple years ago. But, I mean, he's just... If you look at his his filmography, he's in like a hundred plus credits. I would say the vast majority of them, he's the bad guy or he's an evil guy, and it's just such a generic, dark. So like, there's just nothing there, and they, he wasn't given anything to do, and we got to spend a lot of time with him, and then the CGI monsters, and that's just a tough. There's nothing interesting going on there. Yeah. So to spend time with him, I thought was a real sort of negative for the movie overall. I also found it interesting and distracting and a little bit annoying that they set the whole movie during the Christmas season. That that seemed a little odd. And of course, you know, I love Christmas movies. I love regular movies that have Christmas scenes in them. I get very excited about this. You know, we, we discuss every year our, our favorites. And uh, I know Die Hard is on your list, though many argue Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. It's just an action movie taking place at Christmas. Is this now a Christmas movie? The no. whole movie takes place at Christmas. Like every yeah, scene but I has a Christmas tree in it. Yeah, but I don't think it's enough. I I don't think there isn't the music. There isn't even. There's no attempt to like. Well, really they, the opening Christmas. scene is Bing is set to Bing Crosby's "Do You Hear What I Hear" version. I mean, like it, it's Christmas from the opening frame, and then oh, and then the car e- scene, it, yeah. right? And then even though it takes the the bulk of the movie takes place many years later, once again it's Christmas time. Like that, it, it's the only uh, the, the only season we get to experience in the movie. Well, that's it's an interesting choice, and I, I wonder why they did that. But 
I would not put this as a Christmas movie. Yeah. All right. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? But what's up with, starting right away in that first scene, which is a flashback to the 70s, why is the dad of Savannah played by John Glover? He is the bad guy from the movie Scrooged with Bill Murray, okay. which is a great Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. Yeah. And so I, I honestly did think, is this an homage to Scrooged? Is that why he's here? Yeah. Because he, in that scene, he, he's 75 years old, and he's playing like a a 39-year-old dad. And then later in the film, we get him we as an him older again. man. Yeah, but he, he doesn't but seem like, to have aged at all. Like, I because they like... really tried to coat him in makeup on both sides. Like, <laughs> I guess, yeah. I don't know. It just was like a really weird choice, like a casting decision of like, why have John Glover do that? Yeah, fair, do fair. You, do you think that was a reference to Scrooged? I don't think that it was a reference to Scrooged. And okay. I was equally distracted by the fact that we see him again later. Because I thought that he looked 70 in the opening scene. So yeah. I, I don't think they yeah. What's up with them? There's a couple scenes where they're riding on subway cars. Nowhere on earth does a subway car look this nice. It is the most <laughs> pristine, spit-shined, armor-alled subway car you've ever been in. I would have... I mean, like, normally you just see people peeing in there. Like, this, this was amazing. It was the greatest subway ride ever. You're kind of constantly fighting for a seat, and then you get one, and you think, I don't want to sit down. I don't want right. It's best, yeah. that, best that we not touch anything right. with any part of our body, yes. Right, you're going to hold on to the, the handrail, but you got to pull your sleeve down first so it <laughs> always, covers your palm. Always, yes. And then I think about that later, like, if I, like, scratch my nose with my sleeve, like, uh-oh. That was yeah. touching that. You just yeah. you just got typhoid. Right. What's up with the bullies in this movie? The bullies at the school where Billy and Freddie end up going, they're so severe. Now this is 2019, and bullies are a thing, and we all talk about bullies and we're worried about bullies. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, the bullies will straight up hit you with a car. They just drive their truck up onto the Indeed. curb and hit hit you with a car. Get out of the car and start kicking you in the stomach and ribs. This is a kid on crutches. In, Kid with crutch in full view of the entire school. Yeah. And no one does anything or says anything. These are the bullies they have to kind of like this was so severe. I mean, unless they just walked up with a bag of bricks and just clopped him in the head till there's just open head wounds everywhere. Right. This is one of the most violent bully scenes I've ever seen. It's like it's like worse than what you see on the wire. It was really yeah. pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Fantastically over the top violent and and like way too gruesome. For like a kids movie, superhero movie uh, bully. What's up with kids having gloves with the fingertips cut off? Like, why does Billy Batson have those? Like, unless you are a piano player in a rock band playing on Dick Clark's New Year's Eve, like in Times (laughs) Square, it's like 10 below. Nobody needs those. Nobody needs those. hobos who carry a bindle and wear four coats, two hats, and a boot that's cut open like a can... And you can see their sock peeking out. <laughs> they often wear the gloves with the fingers cut out. Why? Why do they need those gloves? I don't you got to hold it. that bindle. Oh, boy, boy. Or for riding the rails? I don't know. <laughs> but but I agree with you. It seems it seems strange. What's up with the sequence when Billy, Freddie, and the rest of the foster kids are in the wizard's cave? And they're trying to escape, and they turn a corner, and suddenly there are all these doors straight out of Monsters, Inc., where they're opening random doors, and they go in, and every door has a monster on the other side of it. 
What was up with I, that? I thought there are was those a like spooky other scene. universes? I liked are that. Those, the, I did, is that like here on Earth, but there there are real monsters? I just didn't understand what that it was, was even about. It was honestly one of the moments that I considered a high point in the movie because I thought it was it was spooky and fun. Uh, what's up when um, bi- when Billy like goes to track down his estranged mom and he's finally gotten a tip on where she is and he goes and knocks on her door and they kind of reunite which is always an awkward it can be an awkward thing that like mom's apparently abusive new boyfriend keeps shouting from another room who the hell's at the door and what's going on for like 10 minutes like at some right. point, doesn't he just get up and like come check who the guy is at the door? Well, they like, have a huge apartment. He's probably clearly, like clearly on the, the other side of the penthouse. It's like John Lennon's apartment at the Dakota. Like, like <laughs> right. why? Why can he not make it to the door to figure out what's going on here? Right, he's on the other side of that door, sitting in a stained yeah. recliner, <laughs> right, with a right. beer what? in his underwear and like a and like a V neck T shirt. What's this guy's deal? Yeah. So, by the way, just you—you you mentioned that a couple of good scenes that you liked. There were three moments that I really, really enjoyed in this film. Uh, one was during the climactic battle between Shazam and Savannah, and Shazam—Shavana starts to like um, monologue, starts telling him all the terrible things he's going to do to him and how he'll take his revenge. But he's like a half mile away, <laughs> so Shazam can't hear. <laughs> What are you saying? And he's that even was like, a good what, moment. Yes. what are you doing? And they play it for like a minute. It was almost like an Austin Powers <laughs> yes, type of it. Yes. But yes. so I was really enjoying that. I like that um, as well. I thought the the twist at the end during the fight scene where Billy really sort of earns the full mantle of Shazam was a great twist. Okay. I was really surprised by it. I thought it was really fun, very hopeful. And um, there are things to kind of complain about or nitpick with it, but I thought it was a fun twist and made the movie much more exciting, I thought. Okay. And then I don't know if you stuck around for the mid credit scene. I did, yes, yeah. The Superman cameo was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The crowd I saw it with actually gasped. <laughs> I mean, that was like a great DC Universe crossover yeah. moment. Um so I really liked that. And that seemed really, really fun. That seemed like just a moment where like kids and comic book lovers and was like, oh my gosh, what a great idea. And then that was all you got. But it yeah. was enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I do. I really appreciated those moments as well. And I, I certainly can acknowledge that there were some, there were some fun moments and scenes peppered throughout this. I just felt that in general for a two hour and 20 minute long movie, there were way too few of those and a lot of that 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 could have been trimmed ultimately yeah i agree buddy are you ready for five questions bring them on all right we've got five listener submitted questions on shazam thank you listeners question number one do you prefer a lighter or darker superhero movie um i like them both but i really think that marvel and in particular the um, Avengers movies really thread the needle and kind of give you a bit of both. Okay. So, and those are your your favorite. I would prefer Avengers. those. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, question number two: The Annabelle doll makes her second DC Comics film appearance here. The first being in Aquaman last year. Does that imply a shared universe? And would you be on board for a crossover? Um. Boy, I didn't realize that Annabelle was in either. James Wan, 
who either directed Annabelle or, her, or who directed The Conjuring, okay. from which Annabelle is herself it's, it's a spinoff, yeah, right. um, directed Aquaman. So I don't okay. know if this is just sort of homages to homages or homages. a little wink homages. and a nod. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. But okay. uh, I, I would be really interested, actually, that, that especially with some the monsters behind the door in Shazam, <laughs> yeah. Shazam here, if they, the Conjuring people open the door and Shazam walks in and just... Uses his electricity powers to blast the ghosts <laughs> yeah. or something. That would be something. That'd be fine. Um, okay, question number three. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere between the first decapitation by mouth murder and Santa being set on fire, I realized this was a hard PG-13 and one I should have <laughs> not brought my four-year-old daughter to. At what point would a good dad have left? I don't think a good dad would bring a four-year-old to a PG-13. I'm, going, I'm just judging that, that, that listener. Fair enough. Straight up. Fair enough. Judgment. I felt a little weird having my 11-year-old in there. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. was a little violent. There were a couple of uh, swear words. There was the, the, the strip club piece. Like, yeah, just but a four-year-old's like not going to get the nipple joke, right? Like, that, a four-year-old, a lot of the beer humor is going to go over her head. But Santa being set on fire and decapitation by mouth... That you can't unsee. Tough, yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, question number four. What does it say about the cohesion of the DC Extended Universe that Henry Cavill can't be bothered to make a three-second cameo? I think it's a good question. I mean, I don't even know if they asked him. I think there there were a couple of articles last year written that he's done. Then there were some that he... No, no, he's still in. And they're going to do a, a, a Man of Steel 2 or Superman yeah. 3 or whatever you want to call it. So... I. I don't know if he's done, but I do think it's weird that he couldn't be bothered to just show up, you know, walk on and, and sit down. But for what it's worth, I think the cameo plays just as well when you get, I mean, you just see uh, a half a second of the of the costume and we all yeah. know who it is. Right, right, And right. the crowd goes crazy. Yeah, so it was cool. It was, that was a fun moment. Yeah. And final question, buddy. This movie joins the ranks of a long line of body age swapping movies, such as Freaky Friday, Like Father, Like Son, and 13 Going on 30. Why is this subgenre so popular? And if it were possible, what child's body would you like to be inside? Oh my gosh. That is a terrible, terrible, terrible question. I reject the entire premise and disgust it with that listener. But the first part of the question, I think, is really an interesting question because I used to love these movies as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Like Father, Like Son. Right. Um, was that Kirk like Cameron big. in that one and Dudley Moore? Is that what that one was? I think was, that was that one. Okay. Yeah. And there, there was one with Judge Reinhold as well. Okay, I mean, all right. These were just fun movies. I mean, it's all the same movie, right? Right, it's, yes. It's always the same movie. A fish out um, of water trying to act like an adult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know why. I mean, it must just be kids who are interested in being an adult and, and the, the power and freedom and, and they can do whatever they want and they can go wherever they want. They can drive and they can buy stuff and no one tells them what to do. And it all sounds super awesome. But by the end, they realize they're not ready for it. Yeah. And yeah. it's just easier to be a kid. And you don't have all the crap. So right. I, I do think they're fun. It's interesting that this is a subgenre that has persisted for a long time. Yeah. Um, and the second part of that question is alarming, and that listener—it's just alarming. It's very scary. <laughs> right. Well, thank you, listeners, yeah. for most of that. And uh, final thoughts—anything else to add? 
You know, I think this movie, again, it's got glowing reviews. I think that's because the the rest of the DC universe is just such a morass of terrible films. Mm. Um, but I, I think there's a lot to like here. I think if you have a 13 or 14-year-old kid and you want to take him to a movie, you could do a lot worse than this one. It's not awesome, but I'd much rather them see this than sneak into Deadpool, which is horrifically inappropriate for a child. <laughs> All right. F- fair yeah. enough. What do we got coming up next? Coming up next, the Best Picture Choosing Machine has chosen an epic. We're going to see Lawrence of Arabia starring Omar Sharif. Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.